Cable news, noisy, boring, out of touch. That's why Salem News Channel is different. We keep you in the know. Streaming 24-7 for free. Home to the greatest collection of conservative voices like Dennis Prager, Jay Sekulow, Mike Gallagher, and more. Salem News Channel is unfiltered and unapologetic. Watch anytime, on any screen at snc.tv and local now channel 525. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Welcome in, Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black, talking money, investing, and more. Stocks open the day, trading higher, regaining roughly half of their correction-level losses amid stabilization in treasury rates. Bigger winners out there, like Boeing and 3M. Round and round and round she goes. Where she stops, nobody knows. We don't know where the market's going to close today. But we know that back in all of 2017, the markets went insanely higher. Faster, quicker, smarter, upper, 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 no downer, no upper, upper. And then January, up, 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 up. And then February was a month of... We need to start thinking about why is this only going up? And there was a precipitous drop from 26,500 area down to about 24,000. And now we're back at 25,500. So we've regained about half of our losses. That has given stocks some breathing room. Um, up 1,100 points in the past two weeks. A lot of the FANG stocks, the Facebook, the Apples, the Amazons, the Netflix, and the Googles, they've already hit back to pre-correction levels. As people saw that as, ooh, 10% off. I think I'll pick me up some things that are on sale. So equities still have some ground to cover before they return to that pre-correction high. The Dow's off by about 4% from its all-time high. Which sounds pretty ridiculous, doesn't it? Like, that's not a correction. U.S. government debt yields remain under pressure. Concerns about the future of the economy and monetary policy keeps people, when they're thinking about stocks, on the edge. A lot of economic data, which would probably be the most important thing to focus on. Earnings are great, and they're better for tax reform. They're better, for, uh, they're better of it. They're better from it. Uh, tax reform will make them better. Um, economic data continues to be pretty solid. Job data continues to be pretty solid. It's tough to find things that you don't like. A number of companies are set to report earnings this week. Consumer-facing companies like Lowe's, um, they stay pretty busy, right? You ever go buy a Home Depot or Lowe's on a weekend and see it empty? Not so much, right? Now, we will get Fed Chairman Jerome Powell, the new Fed chair, the new king of the Fed, who replaced Janet Yellen, queen of the Fed. He's going to be addressing monetary policy on Tuesday, his first semi-annual economic testimony. So he'll talk about the ongoing tug-of-war between stocks and bonds and inflation and no inflation. He'll be talking about it. Investors will be waiting for news on the NRA's relationship with leading businesses, a growing list of companies choosing to end their partnerships, following a mass shooting at a public high school in Florida. Stoneman Douglas. Um... They seem to be having a, an effect 
how long will it last? My sarcastic answer is until it gets to Congress. And then Congress will say, well, we want age checks. And someone else will say, well, we want mental checks. And someone else will say, well, we want, you know, gun stocks uh, ban. Well, we want no automatic rifles. And then they're going to say, well, I don't agree with that. I don't agree with that. I don't agree with that. And nothing will get done. That's just my sarcastic take. We'll see. And maybe I'm part of the problem, right? If you're not going to help get out of the way, you're part of the problem. Okay, I, I accept that. <laughs> I accept that. It's the big market story today. If we were to have a big market story, and forgive me, I've had a week off. Um, buying momentum following Friday's rally, which pushed the S&P 500 above its 50-day simple moving average. Treasury yields continue to slip from last week's multi-year highs. Uh, it's a story about treasury yields. That's the story on Wall Street this year. Strength day in technology telco. Weakness in materials, utilities, and real estate. Major averages continue to hover near opening levels. S&P 500 is up six-tenths of a percent. Um, so the market's opened higher, but they haven't pushed higher or do- dropped lower. New home sales in January hit an annualized rate of 593000 which is below the revised December rate. This is a story. It really is. It's um, Silicon Valley is so expensive right now that employees of Facebook and Apple can't afford to live near the office. And one of the things that I've always tried to do is buy homes near my offices or near my work because there is nothing worse than an hour commute, right? There's a new report from Open Listings, which reveals that workers at five major tech companies, including Apple, Facebook, and Google, would have to spend over 28% of their salary to pay a monthly mortgage on a home near work. Software engineers at Apple have it worse. They would have to pay an average $5,211 to afford a median-priced home in Cupertino. That's a lot of money. I think it's also kind of unrealistic because uh, there's a lot more to owning a home, like putting food in the refrigerator, not going out, cutting back on vacations. The new report out of Open Listings revealed that it's tough. And if you're paying too much of your salary... You're not giving yourself room to save for investing. Open Listings is an online home buying startup. It looks at data on median prices uh, near the headquarters of some of the Silicon Valley's biggest. Uh, it calculates what percent of tech workers' monthly income would have to be put towards a mortgage for a home within 20-minute commute from the office based on a mortgage with a 4% interest rate, which gets us into that interest rate question, right? A higher interest rate, the year of the higher interest rate. So if treasury yields go higher, if they move to a higher yield, then uh, borrowing costs go higher. Apple software engineers have to shell out the most. Median home price in Cupertino is $1.1 million. And I'll be honest with you, that's not buying you a lot of house. Uh, $1.1 million would be about 33% of your income to pay $5,200. Dollars at fifty two hundred dollars, and property taxes. Property taxes. Um, What's going to cause the stock market, or what's going to cause the housing market to correct? How much we spend? So, very very expensive in San Francisco. Renters pay fifty percent of their income on rent. Um, So, spending thirty percent of your salary on a mortgage doesn't sound crazy. But again, it doesn't give you room to, it doesn't sound as crazy, right? But it gives you no room to fail. It gives you no room to make mistakes. 
800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about money investing and more. Don't forget, i got a big event coming up in Foster City at the Crown Plaza, March 8th, 630 to 8.30. I'm going to get there a little early and talk stocks, kind of like uh, informally, town hall style. Um, but we're going to talk income and retirement, wealth management. You can sign up for the events at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. Uh, you can sign up for the events at Rob Black Show. Use code RADIO25 to get in for free. It's radio, code RADIO25 to get in for free. Sign up at robblackshow.com. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black. Thanks for listening to the shoe. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about money investing and more. We're going to get the big event coming up on the 8th of March. You can sign up at Rob Black Show. Rob Black Show. It's in Foster City at the Crown Plaza, 630 to 8.30. It's my second event of the year. I typically do about eight events, it feels like. Um, career starting to get to the point where I want to do less, not more. Hopefully you can appreciate that and understand that. Um, as far as events go, you can sign up at Rob Black Show. Use the code RADIO25, RADIO25 to get in for free. I'll be there a little extra early to go over some investment ideas and um, bring questions. You know, I like that. I like that a lot. So lots going on out there, right? Steel sores today on tariff talks. Now, it's one thing to threaten the Chinese and say, you know, we don't like the fact that you produce steel at such a cheap price and dump it in our markets. And we've got regulatory issues that we can't even make it for that. Let me give you an example. If I were to try to make McDonald's french fries, I couldn't do it for what they do. And I don't get how they do it. And that's one of the reasons if I ever am in the need for french fries, I'll go, I'm going to go to McDonald's because they're pretty darn good. The amount of potatoes I would have to buy at the right style of potato amount of time to peel and dice and slice and what have you. I can't do that for a dollar and a half or whatever thing of fries costs. I don't know how they do it. It's magical. Now, I don't put a tariff on them. I, put, I guess I put a, a tariff on them like uh, you don't go to, you don't go often is my idea. Uh, because you get fat <laughs> big time. Your arteries will go blow up uh, but steel's a mover today because of the dumping issues that's out there Berkshire Hathaway reported by the expected profit they said we benefited from the big boost by tax cuts Boeing up today reports that it's negotiated with Embraer for a 51% stake in the jet maker the highest share the Brazilian government will allow a US company to own Dean Foods down 10.7% today wow that's a big loss Organic food companies hadn't earned the organic food company. Um, what did they say? Oh, they said uh, disappointing earnings and guidance. So one analyst referred to it as another sizable disappointment. Qualcomm's up 2.3% after proposing further engagement with Broadcom about the latter's hostile takeover attempt. Qualcomm sent a letter to Broadcom. 
with changes it would like to see in the offer, as well as saying it would have to propose a higher takeout price. Um, we don't love you when you offer us X, but if you offer X plus 10%, we love you. So all the steel companies, U.S. Steel, ticker symbol X. Awesome ticker symbol, right? Moving a little bit higher today. AK Steel, up. BP, British Petroleum, up. After RBC Capital Markets upgraded it to a sector perform. Mattel down 2.6% to $16.20. Jefferies downgraded it to a hold. Targets up one half of a percent to $75.80. After Credit Suisse initiated coverage with the outperform rating. So we get another robotic barista. Start brewing coffee right in San Francisco. Robots are going to walk and serve amongst us, right? Not so fast. The Board of Supervisors in December unanimously passed tough new regulations that stem from mounting concerns about automation gobbling up jobs in San Francisco. That ordinance limits companies to three robots each and confines robots to industrial areas. Robots can't go faster than three miles per hour and must have a human monitor. Robot parade. Robot I'm really talking about this, and I'm not laughing. So that's out there, right? What's most interesting about San Francisco's contrarian stance is that several Bay Area cities like Concord, Redwood City, Sunnyvale, and San Carlos have approved robot pilot programs, a bill that would modify you know, Utah traffic codes to allow delivery robots to roam sidewalks as advanced as state house transportation. And you know, so different states and different cities are all saying, we're kind of not reluctant on robots, and San Francisco saying, we're very reluctant. So that reluctance in San Francisco reflects fears that robots will displace human beings, despite some reports that they will actually enhance the job markets. Isn't that funny? Isn't this interesting that we're having this conversation? I don't think there's any stopping it. Danger, Will Robinson. Danger. Did you know Netflix is bringing back Lost in Space? So we're going to hear that Danger, Will Robinson from a Danger, different robot. Will Robinson. Danger. Won't sound nearly as cool as that guy, Robbie the Robot. But it is out there, right? Wow! So, <laughs> thank you, thank you. You can tell I don't quite have my stamina back for two hours of radio, three hours of radio, quite yet. I'm working on it. Uh, I took last week off. Apple's working on a high-end set of headphones because we need more Apple gear, right? AirPods are 159 bucks, But I love them. I love them, I love them, I love them, I love them. So do we need higher quality over-the-ears headphones? I guess. KGI Securities Analyst Ming-Chi Kua says the headphones could arrive as early as this year. They expect to be more expensive than the AirPods. Apple is reportedly working on upgrades to AirPods that will include the ability to activate Siri by voice and water resistance, or you can drop them in the toilet. That's always a fear, right? The addition to high-end headphones would round out Apple's product line. Apple already owns Beats Music. Beats Electronics, which acquired in 2014 for $3 billion. So Apple coming out with a new pair of headphones that I'm sure you'll see a quarterback like Russell Wilson wearing them. And you'll go, ooh, I must have. So those AirPods, by the way, they're kind of advertising for themselves. Um, people that have them rave about them. I have my rave about them. That's what we got. I That's what we got. Samsung's theatrics reach new heights with the Galaxy Augmented Reality Show. So Augmented Reality, or AR, is something that helps sell new phones. Um, 
it's very, very hype at this point in time. But you're starting to see companies have divisions that are trying to reinvent the smartphone. And they're trying to do it through the augmented reality. There's things like super slow motion. Where you can lets you film things at 960 frames per second. There's animojis. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Sephora's teaming up with Samsung to let you try on makeup before you actually buy the makeup through augmented reality. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. And don't forget the weeknight replay at 7. I'm Rob Black talking money, investing in more. There was a big story out about how Silicon Valley workers at Apple and Facebook can't afford to really buy homes in their neighborhood because... Lending standards won't approve you to borrow more than 28% usually of your income for housing. What's noticeable about that is I've got friends who are firefighters and police officers and teachers who, yeah, I get that they have to live out of the area because they're not making Silicon Valley money. They've got a great pension, you know, later in life that they need to supplement it with investments. And they say, you know, I can't afford to live in the area. And I get it. So the big question starts to come into, you know, uh, when when there's a big earthquake or there's a fire and we need a fireman or we need extra firemen to rush, they're not going to be able to be here, right? But how about when Facebook and Apple can't afford, employees can't afford to buy a house? The company's going to have to pay more. That's going to hurt the earnings. Or they're going to say, you know what? We've got this campus of 20,000, 30,000, 40,000, 50,000 employees that we need to move to Atlanta where the housing is cheaper and we can still pay people the salary they're currently making. And that brings in the question, you know, the idea of like, what are we getting ourselves into? And are we in over our heads? So I don't have all the answers. I don't pretend to. But there you go. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Bring in CFP Chad Burton and see what his take is on the state of affairs. Chad, welcome in. CFP Chad Burton, he joins me on a regular basis, talk financial planning issues with me. How does a CFP approach estate planning? Obviously, estate planning, give me a real brief sentence of what it means. Well, estate planning is to, if you become incapacitated, who's going to handle your affairs for you while you're alive? And then once you die, how do we distribute assets the way you want it, your charities, your kids, the least amount of probate costs, the least amount of taxes possible? The The issue with the CFP, the way that we approach it is attorneys tend to uh, deal with what the asset values are now. Okay. We'll project it way out into the future so that we know, based on normal life expectancies, here's what we're dealing with in terms of real estate values, retirement account values, stocks, bonds, and so that you can really truly deal with what it is. Because I've seen people that are worth three and a half million dollars at age forty, but the way that they're spending their money, yeah, they're they're dead broke by the time they're eighty. So they they spend all this money on these expensive estate planning documents, where they're really projected to be poor in the future. It's fascinating that you say that because you're age forty three and a half million. That sounds great. It's kind of like NFL football players, yeah, yeah, where they come out and by age twenty five thirty they've got millions and millions, but they spend like they've got millions and millions, and yeah. That income stops and the outflow goes on and you know what happens. So once 
it's done. Once people have you know started figuring out estate planning, um, what do we need to know about that approach to estate planning, and then you know executing it into a trust per se? Well, first of all, it's really important right now that people take a new look at their trust, even if they've done it in the last two years, because the end of 2012 laws were changed significantly. The amount you could leave to your heirs changed, and now most people's trust force the funding of what's called a bypass trust at the first spouse's death. You don't have to have that anymore because the first person that dies, their amount can port over to the surviving spouse, and which is which is really really great. The problem is is that what if you pass away early, and your half of the community property goes to your surviving spouse, then that surviving spouse remarries, right, and then all of a sudden instead of your kids being named as beneficiaries somebody else's kids or somebody else's family ends up with the money. So it's very, you, you've got to redo that because that bypass trust, you might, uh, I think Michelle Lerman calls it a Q-tipable bypass trust. Q-tip is a, a term that we, we don't need to get into, but it's really a protection trust so that you can still port that over, but, and have assets available to your surviving spouse, but your half of your community property goes where you want it to go, hmm. you know, at, at, at your desk. So it's very important that people redo their trusts. Right. Um, and then while you're doing that, the thing is, is that the attorney might give you the trust, but you have to redo your beneficiary designations. So your retirement accounts might name your spouse's primary and then a trust is contingent. You've got to make sure that the trust that you have has the right language for retirement accounts called conduit or see-through language. If you want to leave money to charity and you want to do it, the best way to do it is with retirement accounts because the charities never pay taxes on that money. Okay. What I like to do is separate. If you want to leave a hundred thousand to your church, then we put that into a separate IRA that hundred thousand and name the church as the beneficiary. So it doesn't screw up the, the other beneficiaries in terms of being able to defer the taxes over their lifetime in an inherited IRA. Then we get into things like charitable planning and leaving a legacy, really going into the hopes and and dreams of, of how you want to have your money work for you after you die. What is a charitable trust? It's, it's a, basically it's a way that you can take a a low basis asset that you want to sell and get income from. You put it into the trust, you get a tax deduction. You don't pay the, the capital gains tax currently at all. You get a tax deduction instead. You get lifetime income. And then when you pass, whatever's left over in the trust goes to your favorite charity. And there's no estate taxes on that money. So Uncle Sam gets cut out of the picture, and you use some of that income to fund another irrevocable life insurance trust that buys insurance on you so that your kids get that same amount tax-free. Everybody wins except Uncle Sam in that one. So, if people are you know have charitable intent and low basis stock, what um, it's so it's such a great planning tool. What happens if you fund a charitable trust and then the stock market tanks and whatever you gave them, like let's say X Y Z stock, goes from five hundred to five? Mm-hmm. Is there a ramification? Um, there's no ramification. It's just that it t- you typically you you get a percentage of the income, so five or six percent. Mm-hmm. And so if it, it tanks, you're going to get a lower income from it, unless you have some sort of a, um, there, there are ways to get guaranteed income out of them. Um, some of the alternative products that we've talked about before, but usually your charitable trusts are going to be, um, very balanced portfolios, you know, not a ton of risk because you're going to, you're really going to want the income and you want to have money left over for your heirs. Thanks very much. That's CFP Chad Burton. He does a show here on the station from one to 2 PM. If you want to get a podcast of this show, you can find that at newfocusfinancial.com, newfocusfinancial.com. I highly endorse, I highly recommend. His knowledge base is totally different than mine. That's why we work well together. You can find him at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. 
800-516-1220 calls in the air. General Electric shares fall below $14 a share after they named three new board members. Wow. The mighty general has fallen. Um, the problem with GE is that they've got a lot of debt. And when you're weak and you need money to service your debt, no one wants to give it to you. General Electric stock fell below $14. And it's kind of a sign that a lot of people are, are thinking there's going to be a fire sale on some of their assets. That's a different GE. <laughs> that GE was much more of a powerhouse than this one. GE's working to build a new, smaller board of a dozen directors down from the previous 18. Uh, the changes come as GE's trying to trim some fat and they're exiting several businesses. So we'll see where GE goes. Um, some people think it's buy. I think there is some risk when you start trying to guess the bottom. So there's a little bit of momentum going on in the markets right now. Uh, markets opened higher. They're really not doing too much that I can tell. Again, there's some internals that I, I can't see right now because I don't have a Bloomberg terminal. Um, but... You know, we, we should pull back a little bit. So we've had a nice dead cat bounce. Uh, the question is, is it a dead cat bounce? Do we go back down? Is the cat dead? So we had that awful start of the month of February. And as February starting to close, we fought back. Fight your way back. Sales of new U.S. single-family homes fell for a second straight month in January, weighed down by steep declines in the northeast and south which could raise concerns the housing market slowing down. Commerce Department said that new home sales dropped 7.8% to seasonally adjusted 593,000 units. That's the lowest level since August 2017. Sales tumbled 33.3% in the Northeast and plunged 14.2% in the South. That accounts for half of the new housing market. They rose 1% in the West, surged 15.4% in the Midwest. New home sales are down. Um, our, our new home sales are drawn from permits and tend to be volatile. Uh, two-thirds of the homes sold last month are under construction or yet to be built. Rising mortgage rates, that's the story of the year, the higher interest rates, right? Rising mortgage rates could make buying a home even more expensive, especially if wage growth doesn't accelerate, and wage growth isn't going to accelerate meaningfully. Annual wage growth has been stuck below 3%, despite unemployment. Uh, the unemployment rate dropping to a 17-year low. So, 17-year low. Like, whoa. Are you with me against me? Houses are tons of deferred maintenance. Termites, taxes, radon, crumbling foundations, damp basements, high heating costs, asphalt roofs, vinyl siding. Yikes. There's a lot of negatives with houses. Uh, I've got a friend who rents in California, but he owns in other states because he doesn't like the property taxes here. Or the cost of the houses, to be fair. I'm Rob Black, talking money, investing more. Find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube, Rob Black Show. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. Welcome in, Stock Talk, Rob Black. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about money, investing more. I took a week off for Ski Week. Sorry, but... It's important that I see two little kids grow up. Um, super important to me that I'm that guy. 
800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about. Warren Buffett in the news. His annual letter is pretty great. Um, you can take a look by Googling Warren Buffett's annual letter. It's in various news sources out there. He talks airlines. He talks Amazon. He talks a lot of things. I recently heard him talk about how if he were to be a millennial, what he would be investing in. And one of the stocks that he brought up was Starbucks. Now, it's almost like I want to say, Warren, 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 have you been drinking lots of coffee recently? Because there's like coffee? Phil's coffee, there's Pete's coffee, there's Caribou coffee. There's more than just Starbucks out there, but his opinion is they're on every corner. Go with that. And uh, he's probably more right than I am. You know, I'm fascinated by Phil's coffee because anyone who drinks Phil's coffee, they go around talking about it nonstop. And, uh, you know, I don't feel the same energy with Starbucks. I'm not knocking Starbucks. Trust me, I'm not. But uh, it's out there. So as far as, you know, thoughts and ideas, for sure, right? Warren Buffett, he... um, once said, I won't own an airline. He once owned TWA, and they basically went bankrupt. Now, I don't know how much of a loss he had or anything like that, because that goes way back in the 70s and early 80s, right? And TWA was known as Teeny Weeny Airlines. But he owns a stake of, a pretty big stake in United, Continental, American Airlines, Delta Airlines, and Southwest Airlines. He said generally he doesn't like to go over 10% ownership of any company. He's at about 65 to 9.5% on all four of those. So he owns a big chunk. He, can said, he said that competitive pressures inside the airlines was stronger than expected, where low-cost carriers have hurt the major airlines. Now, he also owns railroads. Companies that don't have a lot of competition. Notice the airlines and notice the um, choo-choo trains. The choo-choo trains have a lot less competition than the airlines do. Um, they tend to, you know, dominate regions, but they have some competition. Talked about Amazon.com. He said it wasn't surprising to him. Uh, he said he blew it by not investing in the company. He said, I'm amazed at the managerial talent of Jeff Bezos. Buffett was asked about the favorable com- comments that he made about Amazon Berkshire's annual meeting last May when Amazon was around $993. Now it's at 1500 He said he wouldn't bet against Amazon. So what he's saying is, probably I'm not going to be taking a, a stake in Target or Walmart anytime soon. You know, who competes with Amazon? Well, depends on how you look at it. Talk about TV, you're talking about radio, you're talking about what you're talking about. I was playing around last night with a Kindle and uh, Amazon Prime members get Amazon Read for free. Um, and you get... Pretty good things like People Magazine and uh, not like People Magazine, hundreds of magazines and hundreds of books. So I don't know what magazines are out there, sports or less. I, I I don't know. So see, I was fooling around with it, trying to figure out what's out there. Having not really bought a magazine in years, right? Wow, that's an industry that's changed. I remember I used to get Fortune and Forbes and Money Magazine. No more. Concerns about higher rates have led the big 10% pullback in the market. And Buffett talked about that. He said, um, 
relative appeal of stocks would diminish with a sharp upward move in bond yields. Uh, but we're not really there right now. He said investors shouldn't be phased by the upward move that we had in the 10-year Treasury going from 2.4% a year ago to about 2.9% today. Uh, he's like, that's, not, that's nothing big. His quote when talking about rates was, if, I, if you told me that interest rates would be 15% next year, there are a lot of equities that I wouldn't want to own. He said if the 30-year gets to 4.5% yield, it might have an impact on stocks. But Buffett continues to favor stocks over bonds, saying it's idiotic to, you know, to own a 30-year Treasury bond yielding 3%. He said that 3% yield pales in comparison with businesses earning 12% returns on equity, as many do now. So he's out there, and when he talks, I listen. Um, I find it tough to turn off a Golden State Warriors game because of how much talent Steph Curry and Kevin Durant bring to the table. That's fun to watch that talent. I, I find it tough to turn off a LeBron James game because he's a one-man horse show. Like, he is crazy what he does out there. Um, anyway, just throwing that out there. Talking a little, talking a little uh, stocks right now. GE, Tesla, Apple, and Netflix. Guggenheim Capital. Uh, big investment firm, $42 billion in assets under management. So Guggenheim made a a name for itself with art, right? Guggenheim Museum. But they're doing some large purchases of GE. They basically think it's fallen, but it can get back up. They're going after Baker Hughes. They bought some Tesla, some Apple, and some Netflix. Man, everyone keeps saying this is the year that Tesla has to put up or shut up, but that never seems to happen, right? You can find me online at robblackshow.com. It's robblackshow.com. Got a big event coming up March 8th. That's right around the corner. It's an investment gig Thursday evening from 630 to 830 in Foster City. You can sign up for it at Rob Black Show. Use the code RADIO25 to get in for free.